What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Apartment 113 podcast, where we're going to talk with cool folks in the cannabis and psychedelics industry to learn about their projects and celebrate their successes. My name is Rob Sanchez, and man, is it good to finally get this show rolling. Today for episode one, we're joined by Munir Hawk, the VP of Cure 8 Cannabis IT Services. Cure 8 offers IT solutions and security to launch and scale cannabis businesses in the U.S. and Canada. Find out more online at cure8.tech and enjoy this conversation. Munir, thanks for joining us today, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for thanks for having me, Rob. Definitely, I think it'll be uh, it'll be an interesting conversation as the two of us have worked um, in a similar industry, but kind of from some different angles. Yeah, we're ancient in the cannabis space. Yeah, you don't have to be very old to be ancient in cannabis, huh? Yeah. <laughs> How did Curate get started? Or did it come from, I think I saw it started with another company first, Geek yeah, Tech? Yeah, so, so we've been an IT company, so our parent company, Base 8, for like 16 plus years in the traditional space. So like food manufacturing, uh, private universities, uh, medical office and things of that sort. And then I'd say about seven years ago or so, our CEO, Eric, uh, was preaching the importance of data security, compliance, um, you know, being secure, a proper network in the cannabis space. And um, yeah, I mean, long story short, security came out of that, uh, which was cannabis specific. Right. So you were doing um, security for any business uh, before that? Or any type yeah. of business? Yeah, like your traditional, like, you know, high-end retail and, um, you know, uh, food manufacturing facilities and whatnot and bringing in a secure network, making sure data is secure, things run, different type of point of sale, you know, but similar, similar features. Right, same level of security needed. So really, um, are you integrating with camera systems as well as networks? Yeah, and- yes. So we, we, can do, we can do quite a lot. Um, you know, I like to kind of get the feel for the client and their vision, right? So say if you're talking, if you're talking retail, right? You can get really creative with data. So having the ability to one, keep you secure and safe, also keep you compliant with the municipalities and the you know states and, and cities and whatnot. But to dive deeper, if you want more, like, do you want your camera systems to integrate with the point of sale? Do you want to pull data that'll help your business, know your traffic flow, um, you know, how your your clients move through the, through the uh, space, you know? Do you have your high ticket items on the left side and everyone goes right? You know, things of that sort. Um, also keeping internal theft down and really uh, keeping that kind of locked in. So we have the ability to have a lot of fun with the tech that we put in there. Right. Yeah, it's definitely um, the eye in the sky, right? The curate eye in the sky. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And as far as, you know, daily security measures like internal theft or, you know, just premise security and inventory, I think being able to use that data for, you know, potential analytics or BI decisions sounds awesome. You know, being able to look and see 
know, are folks turning the wrong direction or are they spending too much time per transaction or things like yeah, that? Yeah, 100%. And me personally, come, I come from a long line of a retail background and managing multiple locations and, um, you know, what have you. But so I remember the days of having an inkling that, oh, my, this assistant might be, you know, putting some stuff in his pocket or whatnot. And then based on that inkling, having to sit there and watch days and hours of footage and fast forward and be like, oh, I thought I saw something. But having smart systems where you can potentially indicate movement of a certain skew or product and just hone in on that moment and watch those moments. You know, right, right. I'm not, so if I'm the, not problem... the LP guy, I'll, I'll, I'll give that footage, you know, to the owners. Uh, they can do what they want with it. But making it possible, right? Yeah. Giving them the ability to, to look into that or, you know, figure out who's really buying all these concentrates every day or those kinds 100%. of things. Definitely a, a lot to be done there. And um, are there any regions that you're focusing on uh, across the states or are you guys in Canada yet? Yeah, actually, that's... Um... Canada is a, is a great story. That's how we started. Um, when I said we started speaking um, about data security and the importance of having a secure network, and you know, at that time you you were really only looking at like California and, and Colorado in the, in the states, right? Um, Canada, right before legalization, uh, reached out, and you know we. We opened up an office out there, you know, um, started a Canadian entity, hired a staff, and we built out the first fleet of stores in Manitoba right before legalization. Oh, wow. Okay. So that very ancient in the cannabis, in the cannabis world, even starting yeah. there before, uh, oh, Canada's federalization. Huh? Yeah. So, you know, being there for the first transaction, um, celebrating that, uh, it was, it was a really good experience. And then we expanded into um, other provinces and expanded beyond retail into cultivation. I see. That was going to be the next question there. Is it so it's not only retail, it's any cannabis business, cultivation, yeah. distribution, manufacturing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Distribution, manufacturing, you know, cultivation uh, down to down to retail. Excellent. I know there's always a need for uh the surveillance side on that front too, with things falling out the back door or uh, rotating employees in some of these massive facilities. Totally, and and you know, so surveillance is is like the compliance side of um, you know the the security, and then you have you have access control and 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 your intrusion, and then we also do the security on the network side, right? So we um, that's how we got started you know that, keeping that the was, business data safe and... yes keeping the business data safe making sure uptime is you know like there are always up always transacting always functioning items are working um and and you know and, and they're secured right so um let's say i have a new dispensary that's rolling out i've selected my point of sale software mm -hmm. Would, is that when Curate would come into the picture to help me with the facility? Or would you prefer to have it even before that selection to grab one of your integrators? Good question. So we can come in at any time. So we, we recently have been coming in way, way early. Um, we've been helping with the application writing, uh, the security IT aspect of it. 
um, and then you know doing the markups. We have a couple sister companies um, that uh, help with the standard operating procedures and help with the security writing. So after that, Curate hops in. So when I get a hand, when I get my hands on a fresh floor plan, uh, that's the best part uh, to meet with the client, talk about what their flow is, how they envision the space, um, and talk about everything. Like I want to know how they want to utilize tech. So from a, that's really just, the Christmas morning kind of conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know, kind of trying to figure out like, okay, these are the must-haves, these are the nice-to-haves, right? Um, also, you know, talking to a new business owner um, who's getting into space for the first time and maybe phasing it out. Like, you know, I, you know, they'll say things like, you know, I want like four kiosks and, you know, like seven menu boards and things of that sort. Well, depending on where you are, maybe that, that is great. Maybe, maybe we should totally do that. Or maybe we should phase that out, you know, come in a little bit. So kind of right kind of putting their feet back on the ground um the way that the way that the business owners can get a little excited about their their industry or you know any entrepreneur does about like the new thing yeah it's i could i can especially see with security that'd be like as soon as you're in the door man i'd be i'd be want video surveillance or monitors on the walls you know trying to set the sky as the limit and then it's good to hear that i can I can understand from a product management perspective too. It's always really good to hear what the user wants. Yeah. But you know, we learn that those wants are not always the needs, um, especially across the board. You know, from one operation to the next. Yeah. Have 100%. you found blanket solutions, or um, does the technology that Curate provides uh, relay well into many different businesses, or are there different configurations for the business type or for the needs? Um, that the dispensary would want? Good question. Um, configuration, yes. Uh, you know, compliance of, of the data and what type of data, um, you know, PCI compliance, uh, you know, dispensaries, some dispensaries will have, you know, an ATM machine or, you know, cash transactions. So depending on, on the needs of the, the space and what type of businesses, you know, we will curate the, the way we configure the network. Right. That's that is slick. We'll definitely have to uh, definitely have to talk here someday about uh, uh, some dispensary plans in the future. Oh yeah, I'd love to. Man. I know that. Basically, when I got started in the cultivation scene in uh, about 2011 in Denver, I left Kansas City in the Midwest and just always wanted to go back for the cannabis industry. And just this week, Missouri started rec sales, so yep. the Midwest is slowly learning from their. Their coastal brethren. I am I am stoked about Missouri, and we should talk about that. Um, you know, when you have some time, because we are we are entering Missouri, and looking to make some make some waves. Great. Yeah, definitely. Our, when it comes to all these new states or new markets, as a business outside of cannabis, you know they can look at the states and say we want to offer this service, and it's just so blanketed. It's almost easy mode. And then you add cannabis and there's all these regulations and all this litigation in every different state, um, which makes it a good market for different services to help with that kind of thing. But how do those different state laws help you guys in um, targeting different states? Or are you really looking at 
the whole cannabis industry and, and willing to jump in where those customers are found? So, yes, we, we will jump in where, where the, the customers are, where the clients are, um, but it, it does differ because we need to be on top of all the regulations. And as regulations change, um, Mississippi, for instance, uh, you know, uh, security footage, cameras, you know, you're looking at, you know, 120 days retention, 1080p, right? You're looking at a lot of terabytes uh, that, you know, you have to uh, account for. You know, versus, you know, other states that are at 720p, you're at 30 days retention, um, you know, and things things of that sort. So it does size up the network, um, you know, depending depending on kind of where you are. Right. Yeah, but things change too. I I remember Mm -hmm. being on a call with a client on Friday of, I don't know, back in like last February, New Mexico. Right. We're looking we're looking at building out their facility. And they were, I think they were at like 60 days retention at, um, I forgot how many frames per second. And I'm having that call with them Monday and going over it. As I'm speaking to them, new um, regulations come out and it was like half that. Um, so I was like, wait, what? what's happening? It was one of those things where I was like, did I just, you know, my Did you mom? dream that conversation? Yeah. <laughs> so. You've been consuming a little too much here in the, right? in the meantime. <laughs> yeah. And then for listeners that may not um, be aware of kind of the, the nuances of cannabis security in talking about the retention rates and things like that, it's um, the dispensaries and all cannabis businesses are definitely on uh, high surveillance um, at all times, right? And it's going to be the state that would require those different retention periods or being able to look back different periods of time um, are there any states that are uh, like the most litigious that you guys have to deal with or the, or maybe one that's an example of a very easy one to work with at this point? I would say, I would say New Mexico has become a real easy state. Massachusetts isn't that bad either. Um, you know. So some of them are kind of learning. Maybe the newer states are getting better. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, w- I always say I joke with my team like I'd love to sit in the room when when these decisions are being made, you know. Yeah, right. Did they do they have a cannabis guy on the team? <laughs> like, is there is yeah. there someone from the scene when these decisions are made? Yeah, <laughs> it's similar to uh, you know we we have we have a lot of fun here, you know, because we're uh, I love this space, man, because we're all everyone that's in the cannabis space. We're always reinventing ourselves. We're always looking at new ways um to to do things so same in the office you know we all um kind of meet out in the middle the middle room and just kind of kind of chat so you know that's where we always say like i wish i was in that meeting like i I want to be a fly on the wall right getting to contribute to some of the some of these headaches that we're all dealing with now i know on the like on the compliance side for metric for example there are i mean there are decisions in how metric is tracking cultivation that's that don't really correlate well with actual cultivation. Yeah. Uh, there are like weird things like that with, you know, plant count being the limit in cultivation when any cultivator knows that if you're given only 50 plants to grow, you can grow some monster plants. You can like, just grow them huge. Yeah. Yeah. So there's all kinds of like um, nuances there in the litigation. I mean, happy to see that it's rolled out and that, you know, change is as rapid as you were saying. I think with 
with folks working in the industry trying to be innovative, the lawmakers and folks on the um, regulation side are you know, trying to harness that as best they can, you know, for being um, on that polit- political side. I, th- I think so. I think in a short period of time, we've definitely witnessed a lot of history being made. Um, sometimes it does feel like we're taking one step forward, three steps backwards kind of thing, you know, you're just like, well, what's happening here? Why, why it shouldn't be this hard? Um, right. It feels kind of wandering, but in hindsight, you look back at the path we've been on and it's sick. Like, okay. This was, there was a direction maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy to think about, like, I mean, even for you, for you, for myself, for our teams, like we are, this is something we can talk about like 20 years from now, even, or like 10 years from now, like being able to have witnessed all this you know all the all the travel we've done and all the different markets we've been in Um, right right yeah real cool story good always fun uh traveling around with some of the business expos that are popping up too that's where i know that's where you and i first met i think it was um maybe detroit or albuquerque and then there was a few along the way up until vegas seems like there's a a circuit that some of the cannabis businesses make to keep their services fresh and you know keep their ear to the ground for the markets and things like that yeah is curate doing another um another tour of conferences this year and for 2023 we are and we're also kind of doing some other stuff um you know outside of the outside of the tour um you know some education events um but you know we will hit some of the some of the markets uh missouri being one of them yeah, and that's great. I know that they have Lucky Leaf coming up here at the end of March. Um, I'll be speaking at a session there on Saturday morning. Oh, so awesome. you can see who else turns up for that one. But yeah, that's, a little your, bit. that's your hometown? Is that where you're from? Yes. Yeah, man. I grew up in Olathe, Kansas. Okay. It's on the Kansas side of the of the city, out in the suburbs there. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, the city is, is near and dear. I'm hoping that the Chiefs don't fall on their face in this Super Bowl <laughs> the way there. <laughs> But a little back to kind of what you were mentioning before about it just being so fast of an industry or kind of being so new. I think it's um, we even forget that now being being just like eight years, 10 years into it. When I started cultivating professionally after a few failed home grows, I was living in Denver, working in a 5000 square foot grow in like 2011 and 12 there. I had many people in my family utterly disappointed with my life choices uh like just you know they could not see the value or the or the reasoning for the decisions and then now to see how the market's become it's it's ridiculous to look back actually and say like not necessarily that i was right but at least that like we were onto something or like the industry was onto the on the right path even though it was early yeah i think that's changed so much because i never would have um uh, I never would have thought I would work for companies creating cannabis software or, you know, talking to people creating security for cannabis businesses where when I grew up in high school, I mean, security for your cannabis business was like a pimple yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or uh, some friends, you know, yeah. it's like the industry's changed so much as the, as the products kind of come off the streets into the mainstream and kind of into the common vernacular a hundred percent. And, and it's, uh, I find it fascinating when I, um, go into dispensaries because 
I really like to kind of take a step back and see what type of atmosphere they're creating because they have a passion for the plant, right? They have a, they have a passion for the product and they want to get it out there. Um, so how they display it, you know, and some, some dispensaries are very like hands-on, right? You know, I guess it's also market specific and like what you can and can't do, but like, you know, really being able to touch and smell some are very into the conversation of like how do you feel you know back in the day like we didn't talk about any of that right we just like it's like hey this is this is some really good stuff like yeah some fire yeah fire weed coming from out of state yeah you'll like it (laughs) and you you passed it around in your your networks and your social uh groups and they jumped other groups and you know kind of went viral that way um and even early legal industry i guess was dominated by just or still is kind of in uh, like high THC, yeah. certain strains like purples cultivars can like attract more attention. Yeah. Um, not really for the right reasons. Um, but yeah, some of that stuff has been the kind of trends of the industry that are already um, evolving in, in some more mature states. Uh, for example, like in Nevada, we're starting to tackle the THC problem, the issue with everybody wanting high THC. Yeah. And it's almost a happy accident, and it's coming from this high testing or high bar for testing results mm-hmm. in the city that requires top three terpenes to be printed on the label. And the terpenes are printed in milligrams per gram. It could be like myrcene, 10 milligrams per gram, terpenaline, 5 milligrams. So what, what you can do is just ignore all the cultivar names, ignore all the THC percentage, and just look at that terpene count. And you really can find some quality flower just off the numbers. Um, yeah. I, I hope the market can move to that in the long term a little bit. But I think similar to other vice kind of industries like beer and wine and things like that, there's a like a mass market that needs to be addressed before like a craft or a connoisseur market can really rear its head. Yeah, you kind of have to have a base, right? A foundation. Um, of the general, you know, popular brands or whatnot. And then to, I mean, it's the, the word craft, right? You know, to, to create something out of that. Yeah, yeah. And even though many businesses, I mean, and there are businesses creating quality cannabis now, yeah. but there are also businesses creating um, mids. Yeah. Uh, you know, so-so quality. Yeah. And finding the profit in a cannabis business is difficult all around so you can't can't necessarily judge based on the quality but you can you can appreciate quality when it's found and i think because of some of the test requirements at least the general market here in vegas probably due to tourism as well is pretty great in the quality side yeah but the cost for that quality is not always ideal compared to california colorado some of these other locations yeah, I agree there. When it comes to uh, cannabis consumption on your side, Munir, is there a product that you prefer or um, consumption <laughs> method that you lean towards? Um, yeah, so it's a it's a it's like a it's like a bigger conversation too. Also, like where I am, like in my life. So, you know, I recently so cannabis for me is um, a personal uh, moment. You know. 
once in a while. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Once in a while, it would be you know I'll 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 bring it out into like a social setting, like a small one, Um, but it's more for myself. And I'm a I'm a night owl, and at night, my brain is like on, you know. So, (laughs) um, so that's that's like the the moment where I like to consume. And also recently, I had a I I've have a little boy now right so hey, i need to be a little bit, <laughs> thanks I, I need to be a little more you know kind of uh, in a different uh, mindset there you know in the middle of the night but with that said um recently uh wild gummies specifically uh the sativa strain um helps me uh kind of shut off a hundred thoughts and focus on one and just kind of be in this zone that I uh, I love, you know, and I can focus and be really productive at night while I'm like in my own world. Right. It gives you that um, kind of that a little bit of focus or edge to to dive onto one of those thought tracks instead of be sort of overwhelmed by all of them, huh? Yeah. So you know, so I recently over the last year or so just been more kind of experimenting with uh edibles yeah definitely um i typically i'm a i like to consume concentrates Mm -hmm. i'm fairly regular smoker uh consumer uh, but i do like to push it off later into the day and i've been experimenting with this thing called the desensitization protocol and it's this idea that um basically we're all over consuming and to be a cannabis podcast and tell everybody that, I'm sorry to break it to you. <laughs> but uh, the idea is that you go sober for two days. Mm-hmm. Then you take two to three days where you just find the, the bare minimum dose. Like what's the smallest piece of that edible that you can eat to still get that little degree of focus? And then trying to like level set your consumption. Because yeah. I have a tendency that I know many may have the same tendencies. You find that tolerance yeah. and you know you have 20 milligrams in the night and then you have... 40 next week and then you know every once in a while you drop in 60 you know i don't know uh everyone's edibles tolerance is much different as well but i think that um finding that balance and especially recognizing kind of where you are in your own like home life and personal development is important Um, yeah got it i love though how you know everyone has their uh whether it's over consumption or you know the right calculated amount um has this place they can go to or this 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 product which is why we're meeting today right like it like helps you get there i mean it helps so many things um but there's there's all kinds of help we're skipping over in this generalization from a medical perspective but i mean just from the well-being or happiness kind of level yeah or mental state and it's it's so i don't know it's so important you know on on another level, because it, it plays so much into who you are in your life, or, or it can, you know, if, if you haven't given it the opportunity. Um, but, you know, my one of my best friends yesterday in the morning, she was talking about who, who you know, is who partakes in, 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 in the plant, talks about how, how much effort it takes for you by yourself in your mind to keep you just okay all day, right? And having... <laughs> A support system like really good friends that have your back and you know can contribute to positive vibes 
you know, and then adding, having the ability to add, um, you know, marijuana to that, you know, to also help. It's, it's just such a, I don't know, it's, it's such a, it's a really good thing. Right. To be able to kind of live virtuously or live yeah. as, as you intended yeah. is very difficult, right? You set your plan for the week or for yeah. the day, yeah. even for an hour sometimes and end yeah. up finding other things to do. You know, so if having anything to help on that path, I can, I can see that for sure. And I'm very appreciative to cannabis and for what it's, it's done in my life. Um, early in high school, I, when everyone kind of started drinking, Mm -hmm. I was that other kid that just started, (laughs) started finding the cannabis instead. And I had seen some kind of negative, um, repercussions of alcoholism and things like that at a, a closer level that sort of pushed me away from that kind of party scene yeah um for lack of better words into the more introspective cannabis world where i think i i tried probably too much um the first few times i consumed and had those introverted like you know moments in your head you know where you're trying to work out that fine space that happy space (laughs) yeah yeah and um yeah you almost need that right because you need to know boundaries with with everything right and like okay, that's a good point yeah, yeah i don't i don't want to go there so let's let me go somewhere else right yeah and kind of what you mentioned about um you know in-home maybe consumption versus more public or yeah. like networking and social events i'm i'm strangely comfortable with both mm-hmm. but to be honest in hindsight if i am not consuming i think that it's more beneficial um experience for me and other people i'm with Cause it does feel like if I consume, it's more just, I'm in chill mode now yeah. and I'm maybe not, uh, using the party or the networking experience, like, you know, to my advantage, I'm just hanging yeah. out, you know, yeah. puffing on a joint, <laughs> <laughs> which is, which is not a bad thing either. You know? No, it's still a good place to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Depends what the goals are. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> what kind of goals does Curate have for 2023? Are there any, anything that you're really excited about for the quarter or or for the year that are going to be milestones for you guys or that you can share today? Yeah. Um, so Q4, we entered Mississippi, um, and we're starting to see the fruit from that, um, this week, actually, you know, shops are, shops are opening up and we're, we're looking at really contributing to that market right now. Um, along with that, the continued growth of New Mexico, I can see that. Uh, that's going to play out really nice uh, this year and be able to help that market. And um, outside of that, personally, right now, um, Missouri has got me really amped up. Um, so, you know, setting the company up for success there is is one of one of our focuses. Right, big things around the corner there. That's yeah. a, there's plenty of um, plenty of licenses and businesses to work with in New Mexico, as there are so many. Um, so many licenses in the state. Yeah. And then Missouri is planning to open several application windows uh, in the next few years. Um, I think there's three periods planned. So that's going to be just a growing market for sure. Yeah. And and how long have those poor Midwesterners been driving over to Colorado? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Too long, right? Yeah. Just let them cut out that 12-hour drive yeah. <laughs> and pay some more city taxes for it. Yeah. No, that's that's excellent, man. I'm looking forward to see what um, what Curate can do, and you know how how technology evolves in in cannabis. Are there 
are there any trends in the in the technology space or the surveillance um, security space that haven't been capitalized in the cannabis industry or maybe that are still being worked out that but that could be useful for cannabis down the road i think the um the the, the data part of it so for, you know there's 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 two sides right um the the network and the, and the infrastructure and properly you know securing a space um you know i think there's a lot more a lot more avenues we can we can go down um you know just by educating the the clients and uh, the people in the space and then there's so much data just kind of in the ether right from all the different companies that uh, say a facility will bring in right um, all those companies and all those like platforms have data that comes with it or data that can be utilized so really looking at your business and kind of util utilizing that data and, and being smart business owners um, or helping you you know forecast whatnot I think there's there's a lot of opportunity opportunity there yeah right it's like the first hurdle was just being able to gather all this data like yeah. let's just get it yeah and now I think we really are turning the corner where it's like now that we have that what can we learn or what can we do where can the machine learning come in or the algorithms to help yeah. make decisions based on the data yeah. um, in in product management when people set up things to measure there's something called a vanity metric which is like a you're measuring it just because like you like to measure things like you know how many clicks here like okay great but is that going to get us any information yeah. like what can you decide off of that yeah. and i think that's where um, business data and surveillance security data has has so much to potentially give right a pandora's box yeah. of options um there's a book i i just finished reading and it's called markets with memory okay. by uh nima Vasea. i don't know if i said his name last his last name right there, but it's the world's first data science book on the hemp and cannabis industry. Oh, wow. And he just goes into such detail about how the industry's a new one and that we don't know quite all of the, all of the gray areas that we need to measure and track, but that because it has like an agricultural background or it has similarities to normal retail, that data is available. And he talks about reducing the cycle. So collect the data, look at how to make a decision, collect more data, make the next decision. And at sometimes I think for businesses, they get in this phase where they're just building that pool. Yeah. Just throwing it into the lake of information. <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> so, and not creating a, a, creating a trend. Yeah, right. That's where maybe a company like Curate can fish out the, the business insights, right? And some of those things can be really helpful. Yeah, and allowing all, all that data to exist, right? So, you know, we we build this network and everything that you put into your space lives on the network that we build you know you bring in a smart tv uh you bring in your sono speakers your time clock machines um whatever it is you know but then also at the very end making sure that it's secured um you know you look at some of these hacks right like some big box companies you know putting things on their network that just weren't secured or you know properly installed right right and there's more moving pieces than than you would think initially from a technology perspective right with the yeah. with menus and scanners and um door locks and cameras and everything else yeah yeah or, or needing to bring even the speakers on right you never know <laughs> and there could be a 
like a, an Alexa issue or something going on. Right. So all no, these <laughs> right. I, I probably triggered mine just saying that she's yeah. going to order something for me. <laughs> but awesome, Munir. Where can folks find out more about you and um, curate? So uh, just my first last name, Munir Hawk on LinkedIn um, and curate uh, LinkedIn account. We're always posting what's going on in the industry, you know, what's new, some late, the latest news and uh, curate.tech, our, our website. Uh, we can be, I can be found on any one of those platforms. Hey, awesome, man. Yeah, I just wanted to thank you again for yeah. stopping by the show today and, and having a good little conversation here. I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll have some more talks down the road. 100%. Man. Thank yeah. Thanks, Manir. Thank you for listening to Apartment 113 Podcast. For more information about the show and our range of services, visit apt113.com. We offer certified ganjier reviews, content writing, cannabis software and operations consulting, bud tender training, and more. With over a decade of experience in the cannabis industry, Apartment 113 is here to help.